Uh, well, good morning. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors on the team. Here you go. And just a little switcheroo. Um, we are continuing our series today uh, called Bumper Sticker Faith. And today's an exciting day for two reasons. Number one, we are indeed celebrating baptisms, um, which is, I think, the pinnacle of what it means to be the church, to really live into uh, being the church and sending one another out into this world through baptism. But um, we're also talking about Christmas in August, so it really doesn't get better than that around here today. So um, we are going to be looking at one phrase today. This bumper sticker is a little bit more festive. Uh, We're looking at this bumper sticker, Keep Christ in Christmas. Anybody ever seen this one before? Uh, Maybe you've seen this one 365 days a year, or it shows up on December 1st. And so really my question for us this morning, uh, as we think about these different bumper stickers that show up uh, that we've been talking about over these last several weeks, is, is really simple. Would Jesus have this bumper sticker on his car? I don't know. This He's apparently driving an Altima here, or theoretically an Altima. I don't know if he'd be driving like an F-350 or a Subaru Outback. Whatever he's driving, would Jesus— Slap this sticker on December 1st. Would he be wearing it 365 days a year on the back of his bumper? Or would Jesus have other ideas? That's the question that I want us to think about this morning as we get ready for Christmas here in August. And so question for you. um, Does anybody remember their very first Christmas memory? Maybe not when you were one years old, but like your very first Christmas that you can recall. Anybody uh, can remember that? Maybe what you got. Maybe you're three, four, five, six. Um, for me, it was, uh, I think, I don't know, I was like six, and I got a scooter. It wasn't a Razor scooter. I was a little disappointed. Mom, confession. Um, I got a scooter, and then uh, I got a Broncos lunchbox. And I had that Broncos lunchbox, like, through my senior year of high school, right? So I remember that. It was so so vivid, right? And for, for many of us, like, Christmas brings up all these different emotions, this excitement, right? Even just thinking about it now, I don't know, some people are tasting like peppermint mochas, or uh, maybe you're thinking about already the shopping you have to do, whatever. But again, this question that we have this morning, would Jesus keep Christ in Christmas? Would he have this bumper sticker on his theoretical Ultima? Even though, Austin, you told us yesterday, kind of spoiler alert, Jesus wouldn't be walking. He would, or he'd be walking instead of driving. So, um, but since, uh, since we are talking about Christmas, does anybody know when the very first Christmas was celebrated? Not, I'm not talking about like the nativity, but like when was Christmas actually recognized as like a holiday that we celebrate? Maybe not the year, um, century. Does anybody know the century? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's in between the third century and the fifth century. Four, you guys are so good. Okay. It happened in the fourth century. Actually pretty crazy. I didn't know this. Um, when Constantine was the emperor of, uh, of the Roman Empire, right, he was Caesar, he declared that December 25th in the Roman Julian calendar uh, would be recognized as what we know now as Christmas. So hold on to that year, 336, because we're going to need that a little bit later on. And yet, since the year 336, because of the most powerful leader in the world, Christmas became a global holiday And over the past 1,700-ish years, it has evolved into one of the most exciting seasons for most of us. And yet, every year in December, we, all of us, bear witness to the war on Christmas. Whether it be a Starbucks marketing campaign or the clerk on the store uh, that sends you away with a happy holidays, some have chosen to remove the word Christ from Christmas altogether, 
while others find it each and every opportunity to say Merry Christmas to anyone and everyone, even if they do not even confess Jesus as Lord or follow Jesus. And for that matter, there's even some that have uh, made it a point to give promises that they will say Merry Christmas just to be able to, what I would say, engage in this tension between what this culture war has ultimately shaped us. Needless to say, the war on Christmas is waged yearly, and so many of us, I think, are asking this question, would Jesus actually have this bumper sticker? Would Jesus Christ keep Christ in Christmas? And so as Christians, therefore as followers of Jesus, I think about the fact that should we be holding this bumper sticker as one that matters to us? Because by we, I mean Christians, followers of Jesus, uh, with our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers, our extended family that we only see once a year, should we be having this bumper sticker or theoretical bumper sticker as one that we uphold? Should we be pushing to keep Christ in Christmas? I think valid question for many of us. And so um, maybe you're listening this morning and you're like, I don't identify with the, the we, the, the Christian, the church, the, whatever the we is for us this morning. Maybe that's you in this room or listening online. And if that is you, uh, we need your help this morning because I would love to know from an outside perspective if you feel like Christians should be trying to keep Christ in Christmas. And so let's do turn uh, to the very first nativity story, the first Christmas, as told by uh, the gospel in Matthew chapter 1. So if you do have your Bible, we're going to read this together this morning. Um, And uh, this is one of two Christmas birth narratives that are given. The other one is in Luke, but we're going to look at Matthew this morning. Beginning at verse 18, it says this, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph saw her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Lord, we invite you into this space this morning in ways that we recognize how much we are in need of you. As we approach the waters of baptism, as we think about the ways in which this first Christmas has shaped our lives even 2,000 years later, Lord, we just come to you proclaiming that we need more of you. So Jesus, may your words be my words this morning. Spirit, would you just fill this room? We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So what I'd like to do this morning is just 
briefly before we do turn to uh, the tub and to be able to celebrate and proclaim that Jesus is Lord through baptism um, is to look at this text. And uh, if you see here, these three highlighted sections are three different names or attributes or phrases that are ascribed to the name of Jesus. Jesus the Messiah, Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, and Emmanuel, which means God with us. What I'd like to do is just walk through each of those names and, and ultimately how it will help us answer this question of would Jesus have this particular bumper sticker? But even more than that, I hope that this morning uh, will give us an opportunity to consider the ways in which Christmas is something that deeply shapes our lives 364 days that isn't December 25th. And so first, uh, Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Messiah comes up at the very beginning. Um, the name of Jesus, fully Jesus, was Yeshua Christos, Jesus Christ. And it's really cool uh, because it's kind of this togetherness of the Old Testament, Yeshua. Does anybody know the story of Joshua? It was this echoing of Jesus being the new Joshua to fulfill the promise that God was to deliver his people. And then Christos was the Greek word for Christ or the anointed one. And so um, does anybody know the, uh, this letter, in the, at least in our Latin English alphabet? Does anybody know this letter? We can flash that one up there. Anybody know this one? Simple, right? The letter X, right? Um, in, uh, in, in Greek, this was something that deeply shaped Christians for a very long time. I don't know, any, any like Greek scholars in here? So this is the, uh, the letter chi, right? Chi. And it simply is just represented with an X. And so um, what this letter means in English is one thing, but it means something even so much more significant, not only in the Greek, but specifically for Christians. Uh, for centuries, Christians used chi, this X, as a symbol of expression of allegiance and faithfulness to Jesus. It was, uh, really, it was a subversive way of proclaiming that Jesus was Lord. And so next time uh, you find yourself offended that someone just writes out Xmas, you can be like, hey, they must be a really impressive Greek scholar because they know that that actually means that we're proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, okay? Just a side note, so you don't have to get all uptight when we see Xmas, right? But Yeshua Christos is really this name that began to proclaim not only for, for Jesus at the first Christmas, but for Christians that Jesus was indeed Lord. This bridging, this bringing together of the Old Testament, Yeshua, the Anointed One, the Promised One, Yeshua Christos, Jesus Christ, that Jesus was the fulfillment of both the Old and the New, and this new creation was coming. And so when we think about the power that is in the name of Jesus, as we sung about earlier this morning, uh, Jesus was the Anointed One, the Rightful One, who would come to redeem, that would come to restore, that would come to bring the kingdom of God here. This promise that is in Jesus Christ, Yeshua Christos, the Messiah, is one that we proclaim in the waters of baptism that gives us the same identity, that we are walking as Christians, as little Christs, to be that extension, to be that representation, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not because of anything that we have done, but solely because of what Jesus has done for us. 
Which brings uh, us to this next phrase, this next name that is given to Jesus. Uh, this, uh, this phrase comes up, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, verse 21 says, she will give birth to a son, this is Mary to Jesus, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The cool thing about that story that takes place is, uh, this was again in a dream to Joseph, right? And so the angel of the Lord was actually telling Joseph what the name of this son will be. And, and, if you, and if you really pay attention closely, there's an adoption that is taking place. There's a holy adoption that is taking place in this moment where Joseph has no reason to be involved with this seemingly illegitimate pregnancy, and yet the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, I am calling you to adoption. I think one of the greatest gifts that it ever can be uh, to, to imagine being one that has the opportunity to adopt, but being on that receiving end as well, to experience adoption, is exactly what's happening here. The angel of the Lord is asking Joseph to adopt. Man, does that just like give us the humanity of Jesus, that this infant that was helpless was in need of a father, and Joseph said yes. How beautiful it is that the Savior of this world came in such a humble way as this. This last phrase, Emmanuel, God with us. It's one that has shaped us, especially during the Christmas time, for centuries, and it's such a powerful name of giving us this image of the God that seemingly was distant and far off, put on flesh and came to be with us, to be one of us, to walk with us, to share pain with us, to celebrate with us, to live life with us. And, and so this is speculation for me, but I think uh, as I continue to teach students and how to read the Bible, I think um, questions are so important. And I think ultimately when questions are uh, raised, that speculation begins to take place. And so just go here with me for a minute, but think about the ways that Jesus could come or could have come to this earth in a totally different way. Like, he could have come with a military conquest to overthrow Caesar and to rightfully gain the throne of uh, the empire of Israel. Jesus could have come to the Temple Mount, and maybe you know the story of the Transfiguration, where um, Jesus was there with, with two others, the prophets, and this was this culmination of the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah being there. He, he did that on a mountainside. But he could have easily just done that at the Temple Mount and forever and always, not only the Jews, but the entire watching world would know that Jesus was Lord. But he chose not to do that. Jesus could have proved his power by performing miracles, not only to some in the countrysides, but in front of everybody and inviting people in this kind of traveling tent-like uh, orchestra or whatever to prove that he is Lord. And yet he didn't. He chose not to. But why? Because the way of Jesus is subversive. From the very beginning, the way of Jesus is subversive. 
He doesn't garner influence through power. He invites us to learn the unforced rhythms of grace through relationship. He invited his followers to learn from him, to trust him, to give of their lives to him. Not in a get-rich-quick scheme, but through osmosis, through a steady and unwavering presence. This, from the very beginning, was the way of Jesus, Emmanuel, God, with us. There's no better avenue to follow in the way of Jesus than to, to proclaim that Jesus is Lord through baptism. Um, and even though we, we have three people that will be baptized today, um, it's really an invitation for all of us to remember our own baptism or to look forward to that opportunity where we will do the same thing to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Because baptism was first modeled by Jesus and as followers of Jesus, we come in the same way to live differently. Hear this, uh, this quote from uh, a theologian. He says, The church is a colony, an island of one culture in the middle of another. In baptism, our citizenship is transferred from one dominion to another, and we become, in whatever culture we find ourselves, resident aliens. Oftentimes, I've had the opportunity to, to sit with students, um, middle school, high school, and, and to be honest, I think every single one of us in, our room, in this room continue to ask these same two questions of, who am I and what is my purpose? And there's so many things, endless things, especially for our students now, that try to answer that question of who you are and what is your purpose. Mostly bad, right? Mostly things that are taking away from the identity that God has given us. But I think herein lies the answer to both of those questions. Who am I? You've been adopted You've been brought into these same waters of baptism because of what Jesus has done for you, because of his life, death, and resurrection. You now are a child of God because you have chosen to say yes. And what is my purpose? Man, what a, what a beautiful expression of coming out of the waters of baptism and walking into this new life that we proclaim. There's no greater purpose on this earth than to walk in the way of Jesus and whatever we choose to do and however God gifts us, that we are constantly going back to baptism, to this act of being buried with Christ and rising to new life as what shapes our identity. So may we be known not by the bumper stickers that we put on, or the yard signs that we put up, but by the way we live our lives. Living to be different. Because as Christians, we go to different sources to find the answers of who am I and what is my purpose. We go to the waters of baptism. Since the year of 336, that year of Constantine, we have been in this tension as the church of constantly desiring to live differently. We are called to live differently. So if we're waiting, or you're waiting for the answer to this question, 
um, would Jesus have this bumper sticker, then I think we've kind of missed the point. Because I don't think Jesus is even asking that question. I don't even think he cares. Not because he doesn't have a car, but, but because he's so busy doing the things of the kingdom of God. I'm at work in my father's house that he's not even worried about the culture wars that I think sometimes we get caught up in. He's not even concerned with whether or not this red cup has festive things on it or not. He is concerned about proclaiming the kingdom of God in our families, in our marriages, in our homes, and in our workplaces. We're answering these two questions today. As we have the opportunity uh, to baptize two Ellie's and an Izzy, of what a gift it is to be able to, to celebrate. Thank you for allowing us uh, to share in this process. And again, it's this invitation for us. If you're not the ones being submerged in this water, but you have done that before, it's an invitation for you to remember your own baptism. So much so that in, the, in just a few minutes, we're going to have some songs play and we're going to be in worship while we baptize. And, and if you want to just come up and, and dip your hand in this water and then just make your way back to your seat as this constant tangible reminder to remember your own baptism, that's an invitation for you. And if you're sitting in this place saying, you know what, Pastor Austin has given this invitation for so long and I just chose to not say yes at this point to be baptized, but you want to be baptized, uh, don't worry. There'll be more opportunities, um, including a hike in mid-September to Snow Lake because one of our students wants to get baptized up there, so that'll be awesome. You can be part of that. But there's always, always, always opportunity to say yes to Jesus through baptism, proclaiming that because we are followers of Christ, little Christ Christians, we are called to live different. And so as we together this morning prepare our hearts for what is to take place in just a few moments, uh, I want to invite you to get to know our three girls that are being baptized this morning. Take a look at this video. I'm Ellie Crane. I am going into seventh grade this year. I go to Pine Lake Middle School and I, in my family, I have my mom, my dad, my dog, and a pet fish. I'm choosing to follow Jesus because um, I just really want to accept him in my life and just say yes to him. I'm choosing to be baptized today because I want to, like I said, accept Jesus into my life and connect with him a lot more and just let him be more close to me. Hi, my name is Ellie. I am eight years old. Why I want to follow Jesus is to be on the right path. Why I want to be baptized is to do what Jesus did and to tell everyone I love Jesus. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm 10 years old, and Jesus is important to me because he helps you be a better person in life. And I want to be baptized because I feel like home at this church, and I want to be a part of it. Bye. Church, we are um, moving into a sacred participation. And one of the things that you might not know is that the baptismal sits um, on a um, sign that we use in a series called One Another uh, back early in the spring. And 
this, uh, this sign was a commitment to us as a church. That an identifying marker of us as followers of Jesus is that we will one another, each other. We will encourage one another. We will bear with one another. We will forgive one another. We will love one another. And our commitment as a church, as these ladies come up soon and participate in baptism, is yours right now. Your commitment to one another them as you disciple one another. This is not a passive participation. This is not a looking on and being like, oh, that is nice. As a church, Pine Lake Covenant, I am asking you to commit yourselves to one anothering them. So I'm going to ask you now, if this is your commitment, if it's not, don't say anything. This is how serious we take this moment. If this is your commitment to these ladies as they come up and get baptized, that you will one another, that you will disciple them, please and out loud say, we will. We will. And so I want to invite um, uh, our pastors up. I want to invite um, um, Ellie's and uh, up here. Are you going to change? Okay, good. Come on up. So Ellie, Ellie, and Izzy. And we have kids up front because kids need to see this. This is a part of growing up in the faith that they too have been discipling them as well. And so as Mark said earlier, uh, just as a quick instruction, as they baptized, as they are being baptized, we are going to invite you to stand and to worship. There'll be words on the screens for you to sing, but we invite you also to watch that as they come out of the waters of baptism, that you cheer, you clap, you whistle if you can, whatever. This is a celebration of new life in Christ. And so we want to pray for them as we get ready. So would you join us in prayer this morning? Father God, we are so grateful that we have the opportunity to come before you as a family of faith to lift up these people who have chosen to follow you. Lord, may your blessing be upon Ellie and Ellie and Izzy as they grow in wisdom and stature, as they seek to love you and make you known. May they be surrounded by that great cloud of witnesses and recognize that they too are part of this cloud of making you known. Lord, we pray that you would bring your kingdom here in this place this morning. That as we get to celebrate this new life that is being proclaimed by these three girls, that it may be a reminder for us as a church that we walk a new life because of what you have done for us and nothing of what we have done for ourselves. And Lord, may that carry us out into other places and spaces that we too would proclaim that you are Lord. God, we invite you into this space. We're so grateful for the celebration that we have. And together we ask these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.